Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtyhooers.com Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are again. <laughs> Crimson Horror is what we're going to review. Sorry, we've we had a few drinks in between episodes. Yeah. So. Uh, written by Mr. Mark Gatiss and directed by Saul <laughs> Mr. Gatiss obviously has given us a fine crop of crap. awesome and crap <laughs> uh, for a few years. Uh, quite the fan of Moffat's, or Moffat's quite the fan of him rather. Where to start with this one? It's kind of a Dr. Light episode, certainly for the first half. Mm. I'd like to start the ratings if I may. Go Please on. Do. Five. I'll second that rating. I'll give this one a 10. I am with Sen on this one. I was originally, when I first saw it, going to give it a 5. But then having seen the steaming pile of shite that comes next, Uh it went up to a 10. (laughs) Yes, I had the same thought. (laughs) All right, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. I want to take that Strax now and shoot him in the face. Really, I can't abide Strax. Oh, I know. And just having them set this up, just the whole Tom Tom thing. Oh, dear God. That was just cringeworthy. That was awful. Awful. Rubbish. Hang on. So you can dip somebody in it and they don't die, but if you spray it around in the atmosphere, everyone's going to die. Yeah, what the f- What? Yeah, it didn't make uh, any sense. It oh, barely hung together. There were some bits that were really nice. Yeah. I loved the idea of the big speakers just mm-hmm. playing the noise in a very steampunk yeah. fashion inside this empty mill building. I thought that was actually quite creepy. But for a few seconds here and there of nice shit, I love the idea of having people in, the, in sort of little terrariums, yeah. if you like. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really quite nice. But again, but, that you know, didn't make sense, did it? So, you know, if you've dipped them in this toxin to preserve them from the stuff mm. you're going to spray into the atmosphere, why do they need it. to be in bell jars? Yeah. And apparently, to get over the toxin, mm. all you need to do is have a sauna while holding a sonic screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> And you're fine. This seems like what could have been a great story. I mm-hmm. thought there were a lot of really interesting elements that weren't completely thought out, like some of the things you mentioned. Those things could have been fixed some way with yeah. a little more time or thought. The whole thing felt like, I don't know what you guys call it in Britain, but here we have something called cliff notes for students who really <laughs> don't have time to read the book. They read, uh-huh. they read the yeah. cliff notes, which are an abbreviated version of the story. And this felt like cliff notes of a good story, but I didn't get to see the good story. I got some piece okay. of crap abbreviation from someone who nice. didn't remember all the details correctly. And so some of the stuff didn't really make sense, but it sounded like a really good movie. The whole thing was like, bam, bam. Well, a little bit of this happened here, and then a little bit of this happened here. A little bit, And then the really great scene with Diana Rigg, mm. these are the wrong hands. I was like, oh my god, I died, he- went to heaven just after one scene, and the rest was just, ugh. Yeah, Diana Rigg really did stand out. Didn't <gasps> it? Rachel Sterling, I thought, considering yes, what they've been yeah. given, the pair of them did yes. a superb job. But you're right, there was concepts there, like the My Monster concept. Mm. It was actually pretty nice, yeah. but the realisation of it <laughs> just Yeah, out. dear God, Matt Smith zombie acting <laughs> leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, Bless him. Matt Smith's sunburn acting. I've got really bad sunburn <laughs> under the armpits in between my legs. Oh, <laughs> White English person on the beach in Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) English person on the first day of sun. Oh, take my shirt off. Brilliant. Yeah. Fucking tomato. (laughs) 
yeah. that they're in the hospital. They did some trailers leading up to this as well, and there was the, the whole Gobby Australian one, which was really nice. It was nice to get that mention in there, but then when it appeared in the program, yeah, just mm. it was kind of a bit flat. I liked it, all right. Um, I liked that bit. I yeah, I liked it, but I liked it in isolation. Mm. Yeah. Well, exactly. Right. And, you know, like so many little good bits in this existed by themselves in in their own little moment yeah. of wonderfulness, but really everything's disconnected. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. I fucking hate Strax. Oh, oh yeah. Just people have no soul. Oh. Really? Do you what want the to hell is wrong with I you? I love pieces? Strax. He's brilliant. Maybe that's to be the great title midget as well. But you know, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Why? What does he bring to the program that you wouldn't wipe off the sole of your shoe if you put it <laughs> You mean besides completely ruining a once great enemy in Doctor oh, Who? One of my favorite all-time enemies has been turned into a useless laughing stock. By, by the way, when the Centaurans were in the Sarah Jane adventures, creepy, yeah, fucking yeah. Badass. Absolutely. Yeah, but okay. Is he's ass. an aberration. He's not a normal Centauran. I get that. Exactly. And the Centauran race, let's hope, would kill their aberrations. Right. Yeah. yeah, they would. He's been made like that by the Doctor, which it, just irrelevant. shows what a sick git the Doctor actually is. Irrelevant. <laughs> the Doctor didn't give him the fucking Tommy Cooper joke book no. and make him singularly obsessed about one strand of humour. He's just fuck off back to Spudger like. Yeah. Just fuck off back to your day job. Are you I normal Tarin would have killed himself. He'd have whacked himself across his own right. probic vent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whacking his probic yes. vents, eh? Hey. Frolly in the probic vent. It's all over and done with. I'm a happy Santarin. Santar. <sighs> Back of the neck. <laughs> For me, the only redeeming thing about this episode was the Jenny fight scene. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I knew that was right up your <laughs> yeah. street. And it was, and it was right. a $5 episode, except for the 5 bucks that I'd pay her. Just strip off the maid's outfit, down to the leather, and kick some shit out of people for Yeah, but she did it to like three people, and then they went, oh, run away, because there's another four. She could have taken her, but yeah, there's sort of the whole Victorian Emma Peel the, bit, wasn't there was yeah. a fight in that scene. Yeah, okay. And then they ran away from the other half dozen who were cowering in the background. It was like, huh? <laughs> thing, why and in the fuck does the doctor kiss her? I just did not fucking understand that at all, where that came from. It disappeared. It's just as fast as it came. And I was just like, what? It was, I think Terry's review was brilliant. It was <laughs> It was several really great premises and ideas that were strung together with a Centauran that needs to have a hot poker stuck in his probic vent. Yeah, he does. He's even the saving grace at the end. It's even him shooting from the top of the tower yeah. being a massive, great knob hound. <laughs> but actually, oh, that's just dreadful. Really? That's the comic relief saves the day. That's really not the worst thing in the whole episode. I mean, no, but it's uh, one of them. I think this episode, as well as being the clip Notes version also shows Mr. Gattis's absolute love of bad 70s and 80s and 60s horror movies because that's basically what it plays like all his favourite bits out of a whole load of horror movies just yes. chucked in a bag it's very hammer there's a mm. lot of great icons there and this is part of my problem a lot of really nice bits mm. don't work well together or aren't properly realised mm. great shame yeah, yeah and the bit fun. where she's chucking salt down a cleavage yeah because if you like your leech that's really what you're going to do to it chuck salt on it. That was weird. Uh, she had put on like that. half a croissant down there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm all for creepy. That was just really creepy. <laughs> that, well, that, having thing, that, uh, that 
thing, that yeah. thing on her bosom was... Oh. Did you see the Burroughs Project little post that they did on that episode? Oh, no. They just put a... I think it was a picture of Mr. Hanky. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Now you'll never think of anything uh, else. I don't know. It just kind of reminded me a bit of the curious alien from Tamumrunja and various other very badly done puppets. And it was just... Oh. Apart from the small fact it was nestled between old lady boobs and looked mm. like a parsnip that somebody forgot for Christmas dinner, you know. It didn't really advance any of the big meta plot either, did it? We sort of got a ooh, why is she alive, why is she dead thing from mm. Lizard Girl and mm. that helping Spudge like. But that was about it. Yeah. It's what we've all said. There were some lovely stand-alone moments, but it just did not hang together. Why did they have to be crimson other than they could do the comedy name of the bodies in the river? Because I hadn't actually noticed the marks around their eyes because of the crimson skin colour. Whereas I think if they'd just uh, gone for the crimson marks around their eyes, it would have been more effective and it would have, yeah there are they've all got the same marks around their eyes that she has which is what's supposed to tip him off but they've gone so overboard with the red skin makeup you can barely see them yeah so does that basically mean that banana cafe lattes people are all living on that stuff as well because he was bright red i don't think it holds up to close examination no. <laughs> No, really. Not a cafe latex. The only thing that holds up the close examination are Jenny's boobs, and they hold up, that's for sure. Down Especially boy. when held by a leather corset. Yes. It's Do terrible to even say that that's the high point of a Doctor Who episode. What, the bondage scene? <laughs> It's kind of the only thing it has going for it. Strax has done kind of YouTube-level hmm. standalone stuff as uh-huh. well, reports uh-huh. back to Sontar yeah. sort of things, which are uh, pretty shit as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Strax. I, I know, but you haven't adequately awesome. explained why. Explain why you like <laughs> Because Mr. he is a homicidal maniac obsessed with grenades. And the bit where he's telling the horse off for failing its mission made me laugh uh, up until the point where the idiot TomTom child turned up. I mean, dear God, that was a badly laboured oh. joke. I don't know. Perhaps it's solidarity with short homicidal maniac. <laughs> you don't find him a front to short homicidal maniacs. And the uh, no, because the whole point is that <laughs> it's a perfect blind. He's got them all lulled into this false sense of security that he's a complete idiot, and then he gets he his big gun out and just shoots the shit out of everything. He's a complete idiot. I did enjoy that <laughs> yeah, he, he went is. to Scotland to find yes. some good fighting fun. <laughs> yes. I did like that a lot. Of course he did, you know, and they but all... But we're not on that episode yet, <laughs> so maybe he will redeem oh, himself in a few podcasts' time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, so anyone got any final comments before we go into quotes? Mm. We have to quote this thing. If I've got mind. one that is a must, which is Braveheart Color. Oh, yes. I'll just sort of vaguely summarize in the same crappy way as this whole story was told, the part where the doctor tells her, don't you realize what would happen if this fell into the wrong hands? And she's all like, see the Doctor, these are the wrong hands. You know, she looks so happy about it. And he just looks at her like, oh my God, she's a psychopath. I quite like where the doctor sees Jenny as well. And he sort of goes, Jenny, 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 Jenny. Just when you think your favorite lock picking Victorian chambermaid will never show up. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> Yay! I've managed Could to you- find it. It's the horse you have failed in your mission. We are lost with no sign of Sweetville. Do you have any final words before your summary execution? And the horse just laughs at him. Yeah, the horse just laughs at him. And he goes, the usual story. 
fourth one this week and I'm not even hungry. And then you get the <laughs> shite bit. I love Strax. I don't understand yet why. Suntarans <laughs> were one of my f- favourite were. movies. Were. Were. Yeah. Yeah. Were. were. That first on the no longer thing. are. I did kind of like the bit where the doctor goes, hang on, I've got a sonic screwdriver. Clara kind of looks at him and goes, yeah, I've got a chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah. Are we done? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, next we're going to look at Nightmare in Sphincter. Uh-huh. Are we ready for this? Here we go then, Nightmare in Silver. Matt Smith, Jenna Louise Coleman, written by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Gaiman, who brought us one of the best new Who episodes ever. Or of all time. Oh, weird. Directed by Stephen Wolfenden. I think we better get some ratings on this and go from there. I have two ratings for this show because it's the only way I can do it. The first is I wouldn't let it put its mouth anywhere near anybody's genitals, let alone mine. I'm not rating it because it was a pile of steaming poo-poo. But Warwick Davis deserves an Oscar for coming out of that with mm. any form of glory. <laughs> getting a 20. I should quickly explain the rating system. Our rating system is based on how much we would pay for a 1970s prostitute or gigolo. It starts at the bottom with the free BJ, the Bangkok BJ, the tranny surprise as some call it. Works up in increments of $5, up to $10, $20 and then the $50 presidential whore right up there at the top. Triplets with different coloured bob wigs. <laughs> wow. Just saying. Well, for me, it's been a debate between 10 and 5. I think I'll give it a 10 because, hey, <laughs> Warwick is good in it. Warwickshire. Warwick. Warwick. Warwickshire. Whatever. Not Warwickshire. Warwickshire. Mr. Davis. This is a 5. I was teetering towards a 10, but I just can't mm. quite muster it. I think I'm going to have to go for a 5, but I'm going to have to go for a 5 with a generous tip. Now, I don't wish to appear to be... Heightest. But once in Amsterdam, I was invited to attend a dwarf section. Oh, God. And I declined. T-M-I. T-M-I. No, I declined. I declined. Dwarf section, not for me. However, deep in the back of my psyche, since that day, I've always wondered, (laughs) what the fuck goes on in a dwarf section? The same shit, except shorter. (laughs) And I feel this episode has now sated my curiosity. This was little guy sex. This was fucking awesome when it came to Warwick Davis, who shot, who truly was the emperor of the galaxy, who had some great lines about responsibility Mm -hmm. and great lines that are worthy of five and a very generous tip and my tip is if someone invites you to a dwarf sex show you say yes <laughs> oh, is that your review oh, no <laughs> no god i, I got Long piled up here ever. i got it piled up okay so reviews who went first then uh it was you little violent one the little violent one was very very upset by this episode because i have been a long time game and fan and Aww. okay i haven't enjoyed everything that he's done but doctor's wife was awesome and yeah. he has now singularly managed to achieve possibly one of the best episodes and possibly one of the worst episodes so i suppose mm-hmm. we're going for cosmic balance here really i mean those sodding kids yeah because oh, like God. the doctor's really going to take those with him and then when he takes them with I him i think he would uh, i actually think the doctor would take kids and he'd go yeah go on all right because yeah, but 
nice kid. That form of my existence is so plagued by emptiness, maybe it can be filled by children. <laughs> oh, yeah, but no, like decent kids Fuck like Amelia. Yeah. Don't take mm-hmm. two whining little shit. Brad. You could just I thought they were quite bright, actually. Oh, she didn't say they weren't bright. She said they were whiny little shits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It would have been nice if they'd had some actors other than Warwick Davis in this episode, because the rest of the cast certainly weren't yeah. covering themselves in yeah. any form of including Matt Smith one of really all those secondary characters he tried to flesh them out with stories a little bit but all those stories were kind of just one lines. So, oh I heard about Cybermen in my crib and all this kind of stuff yes, I mean the timing of it all just didn't make any sense it's like was it a thousand years ago was it not that long ago they've got bloody long memories if it was a thousand years ago why are they hanging on to Cybermen parts because that seems like yeah. a really stupid idea if they can upgrade themselves at any point in time uh? and, and where did the Cybermites come from right no. Okay, there's a terribly dangerous threat, so let's just leave the kids alone in a room where you know the threat is and not put them in the TARDIS. First off, this is a huge recreational facility, okay? They leave them in the wax museum room with all the creepiest shit in the world that no kid could ever fall asleep in and would be dying to get out of. (laughs) Oh, no, I thought that was actually fair enough because I'd do that. I would totally do that. I'm not a big fan of kids. I would totally do that. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) very true. The image of the Turk, you know, the Cyberman playing chess, Mm -hmm. it was a beautiful visual. Yeah, the mechanical Turk only utterly ruined by the fact that you knew Warwick Davis was in the episode, so you knew what the gag was going to be. I think they should just shut down the Doctor Who PR department, yeah. because they have done no good since the day the show came back. I mean, they peed off Eccleston, they've released stuff that they really shouldn't have done. You know, it's all very well them saying, it's not spoilers if we say it. Yes, it bloody is. Stop yeah, it, it is. It is. I really yeah. like it, to be surprised by something in this show that hasn't been telegraphed six months in advance. Thank you very much. Just by telling you who's in the show or showing you what they're going to be dressed like, you're already starting to form ideas. And I mean, I loved what Warwick was wearing because it was a very time bandity look. Yeah. I thought that was smashing. And he was awesome. He was absolutely brilliant because he was underplaying it. You could believe, as Ulan said, that he really was the emperor of the galaxy with all this weight on his shoulders. And he just wanted to be away from it because it was too much responsibility. And then you've got all the other crap going on around it. I mean, the whole Gollum Doctor thing didn't even vaguely work because you couldn't tell which one was which. Yeah, is that the way it was edited or what? Because they did try to do some different colorings and different backgrounds, but it still was confusing. And sometimes Matt Smith really was playing it differently, and then other times not enough. Yeah, Yeah, but in a kind of annoying way, he developed like a Yorkshire accent out of nowhere. (laughs) And his Yorkshire accent's normally pretty good, but oh my God, I wanted to kick the tail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is it. Obviously, somebody, presumably the director, had watched The Two Towers, had seen the brilliant bit with Andy Serkis giving a truly Oscar worthy performance as the two halves of Gollum's personality, and had gone, Oh, I like that. We'll do it. Badly. Yeah. If they'd stuck with doing it inside his head with the Dave McKean backgrounds with the two of them so you could see which one was which, they'd probably have got away with it. But there just wasn't enough difference between the two for you to know yeah. which one was which and there wasn't enough difference in the way it was lit and shot to know which mm. was which. And the whole thing with the cyber controller or whatever the hell he decided he was called Banner. going on about, oh, your emotions are going to get the better of you when he was the emotional one. Yes. 
<laughs> I was a bit disappointed because I feel that Matt Smith has more than enough talent to do that sort of situation. Yeah. I'm blaming direction, yeah. you know, yeah, because okay. I have enough faith in his talents. I've seen him do stuff. I just don't think he was used correctly. Again, kind of like Crimson Horror, there are a lot of like cool ideas in this. Like the children could have been cool, but that girl, I just wanted to kill her. And then Warwick Davis, I wish there was more of him or somehow mm. he had been developed more. I bet he says that. <laughs> oh. You lasted this long without that. Sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I set you up for that. Mr. Uh, Wonka, whatever the name of the owner or the manager of the place, that guy, I liked him. Where did all this stuff about, oh, the kids have all gone missing from here? It just appears in the middle of the show with having had nothing mentioned about it beforehand. Yeah, well, it's something to do with the cyber bugs were waiting for children because children make the best controllers because they're Yeah, But they said that kids had been disappearing from the park, which was why it had been shut down but that didn't get mentioned until like 15 minutes uh, into the program and it was like eh? that's yeah, really major hey, do you want a John Pertwee geek boys yes factoid yes. Boys. the chess playing Cyberman Mechanical Turk thing mm-hmm. he calls it the 699th wonder of the universe right <laughs> but Exelon City is one of the 700 wonders right. of the universe from Death to the Daleks. Oh, cool. Which well, is yeah. what, 1974? Terry Nation, Terrence Dick. I, I also wanted to mention yes. that I felt that the whole Matt Smith pitted against evil Matt Smith was a callback to Enemy of the World. Uh, he is a Patrick Troughton-informed shocker. Troughton chewed that shit up when he did it on screen. Yes, he did. Matt Smith, not so much. Yeah. No, Troughton killed that. I think there was a lot relying on Matt Smith for that scene and getting that right as well. Having seen him do some fucking amazing mm. Yeah, I've got to say, it must have been an issue with direction. Yeah. This was just another story with a lot of potential that was completely mangled and yep. felt like there was no time. Just put it together. We don't have time to fix it. Let's just do it. Was the Cyberman voice slightly different as well? I, like I, I know it's Nick Briggs who yeah, did it. Yeah, it was, it was like Nick. Instead of a throwback. Yeah. So that brings up the point we haven't even mentioned yet. The cyber. Oh, God. I love their look, and I also love the upgrade that they got functionally, just like I did in the episode Dalek, where the new Daleks were established as being technologically badass. I actually liked the Cybermen in this. I like their look. I like their action. I thought that they were acceptable. I have some mixed... Beautiful design. I had read that Neil Gaiman wanted them to walk silently. I thought that would be amazingly creepy. And they didn't do that. They still were stompy, which is stupid. If if you've got a a Cyberman that has flash capabilities and they can all upgrade, why is he the only one doing it? I know. And are you telling me that they've never had to deal with water before? (laughs) No, it was the electricity. Yeah, it was was the the electricity. electricity. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Electricity. Never knew that was around. I've always thought, and I know you're a big Star Trek fan, Sen, and you yeah. know I'm a little ignorant when it comes to such things, but I always like the Borg. Yes. Because the Borg always reminded me of Cybermen. Mm. But Cybermen shouldn't try and become the Borg. No. Because now the Borg are so established, if you say, oh, the Cybermen have a hive mind, and the Cybermen adapt, and the Cybermen do this, it's so fucking obviously... I'll the tell Borg you something Borg. that the Borg can't do. 
They can't pull their fucking heads off and like stick them back on. What did he do with his leg as well? He did a weird thing with his leg where he's like, put my leg back on, but that was cut out. So that was put my so leg back on. dumb to me because they're supposed to be pseudo humans in there. I don't yeah. really buy the whole taking your head off. I just yeah. oh, and that model uh, shot, that bloody model shot from the castle where it swings down and the perspective is all wrong and it basically looks like some six-year-old has got all his little toy Cybermen out and stuck them on a diorama instead yeah, of bothering his arse to do a proper special effect shot. I actually howled at that point that was and bad, not in a good know, way. You know what was worse, Fuchsia, was at the end with the ship going back through space. I didn't think that was I bad. I didn't like that ship. I thought it looked like a really fake matte painting. I love their Cyberman detector. It's so good it can't spot the head floating through space. Mm. I like the idea of the slap gloves, though. So you have to actually make physical contact with them. It, mm. it felt like an RPG. The what? Yeah. The slap gloves, where it electrocutes the Cyberman through yeah. the head. Like an EMP bolts or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I like that. Well, and since you said that, a lot of this episode seemed to be a thrown-together setup for a video game. Mm. Uh-oh. The setting, the weapons... They have actually released quite a bit of stuff for it, I noticed. They released the fairground T-shirts and yeah. ride T-shirts and stuff like that through the BBC, was, which was a bit... Was this mm. just a big mediocre preview for a video game? Is that all this was? <laughs> mediocre is actually being rather generous, I think. For an hour of television, it was shit. For a 45-minute mm-hmm. advertisement, it was mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. felt unwritten. It's interesting in light of the fact that there's been a whole load of rumours going around that Gaiman didn't write The Doctor's Wife. Oh, have you not heard those? Oh, yeah, there's a whole load of rumours that's going round just before Nightmare in Silver and how aptly named is that episode? Yeah, no shit. The Gaiman didn't actually write The Doctor's Wife. No, it's got loads of icons. Oh, uh, no, I can't see it. Yeah, bullshit. I'd be more willing to believe that Gaiman didn't write this one. He may have come up with the original story idea, but he didn't actually do the script. To me, it's like he turned a a summary idea for a story, and then someone tried to, like, jam it together with some other ideas that someone else had, and it just didn't get done. I, I don't know. I thought it had a lot of game and icons in there in the same way that Doctor's Wife did. It's mm-hmm. just they didn't get a time to develop because Gaiman yeah. writes characters that are fairly two-dimensional but interesting. And we only really got to see a few of them, but I can see his influence mm-hmm. on the prison core and things like that. They're the sort of characters he'd write. I used to love Sam and I had Sam mm. when it first came out. Dream of a Thousand Cats. It's, <laughs> it's one of the few graphics that I ever kept and it's got Midsommar and Stream in it as well. Big fan of his work. Gods, the book. Oh, American Gods is awesome. American Gods is a fucking great book. I don't know. I just don't know what went wrong. Everything seemed to be there, but then there were just these massive holes. Exactly. And most of them involved the technology of the Cybermen. Just fucking run then if you're so fast. Just run. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. The Cybermites are cool. Uh, yeah, Cybermites are they cool. They were, obviously. Yeah. And I like the way he sort of held one up and had a little conversation with it, didn't he? <laughs> and then at the end he went, and by the way, you are beautiful. And yeah. I was thinking that because I've never been a fan of cyber mats mm. and cyber shades should be burnt <laughs> like oh, God. dead dogs. Monkeys with cyber heads. What the fuck? dogs. To be honest, the last time I had fun with cyber it was the video game. They did mm. that whole ice station yeah. kind of thing thing and I really enjoyed them in that. Mm. It's been a while since I have enjoyed the Cybermen. I was never a massive fan but I guess in my head I've still got that excellent finger mm. going on from the late 80s. Yeah. You know, right. Cybermen always felt 
felt very Peter Davidson to mm. me more than anyone else. I did like the scene where they all come out of the hatchery or whatever it's called. That was very cheap with the Cybermen, wasn't it? Yeah, very, was cool. very. I, yeah. Which was also an awful story. <laughs> well, I disagree. I like that I story. I know there's a lot of racism problems. Go back. We've done a review on this, but that fucking scene where they break out is just... Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. One of the greatest <laughs> scenes of Doctor Who. It's fucking opinion. scary in that story. Yeah, it's like Daleks trundling over yes. walking down the steps of St. Paul's. It's one of those for me. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the really fun thing when we did that Doctor Who live role playing donkeys years ago before the series came back. Now, I poddled around London all day with a Cyberman head in my rucksack and we actually set up an encounter around the back of the Oxo Tower and all the characters just basically did do this double take when they came around the corner and there's a Cyberman standing <laughs> at the top of the steps watching them and it was really funny watching passers-by who were looking and going where's the Cyberman and just keeping going <laughs> Like, that was funny. We, we, we did this event years and years and years ago, and obviously anybody who's tall got to be a Cyberman. And I was crammed into one of these goddamn Cyberman outfits. I've got, I have fairly reasonable proboscis, <laughs> shall we say, with my nose pressed flat inside the fucking oh, mask. Running the nighttime like Cyberman attack across oh, oh. the field in the mist and the torches. God, that was terrifying. But it was yeah, it absolutely was. amazing. Yeah, you know, where we were putting our feet nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely terrifying you're right god that's going back that's going back we should find some pictures from that and post them to the Facebook page we probably should actually there must be some oh we, we do have some and I got to play the master not only did I get to play the master but somebody was playing Delgado anyway never mind right moving on sorry <laughs> <laughs> just cut all that out prof seriously <laughs> too many drinks Cheers. so anyway we didn't like it all that steaming pile of shit yeah. I think we all agree the saving grace was... Warwick, yeah. Yeah. I, I watched yeah, this at my mum's awesome. and I was embarrassed to be watching this at my mum's in front of my mum. And she just sat there and she was very polite about it with this distinctly quizzical look on her face and I actually felt the need to apologise to her at the yeah. end for having put her through it. I had the same experience. Someone was there and... <laughs> <laughs> and they hadn't seen any of recent who they're like still going through the tenant years. I'm sort of like introducing her to that. And she oh. saw this episode out, out of nowhere and just said, what happened to the writing in this? Like the doctor, is, he doesn't care. And it's just like heartless and it made no sense. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, we might see Warwick Davis back. He's long overdue in Doctor. They could bring him back anytime. Yeah. Mm. In any other story. I mean, he's I heard a rumor there. that he's a time lord. Oh, well, why oh would we're just going to get fun. Us That would be we're fun. Just get us. <laughs> I did see a tweet this morning going on about how bad must it be to be a British actor who hasn't been mentioned as being the 12th Doctor? <laughs> oh, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that is so Come on, man. Come on, man. We're all now. basically agreed that this was horse fucking shit. Yes. Yeah. And we're Sport. Yes. Right. Okay. okay. Can I do a quote? Do you think I'm pretty? The doctor. No, you're too short and bossy and your nose is all funny. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually quite cool. Yeah. Again, yeah. this doctor doesn't tomfoolery mm. around like that. No. Except when he does. I didn't do a quote. I just couldn't be bothered. Well, to the coin a British phrase. Couldn't be asked, darling. Couldn't be asked. Yeah. <laughs> 
The only one that I really liked, it was Warwick. You know, the bit where he's pointing at the galaxy where there's nothing there. And he says, yeah, I feel like a monster sometimes. She said, why? Mm. Because instead of mourning a billion trillion people, I just feel sorry yeah, for the uh, poor blighter who had to press the button and blow it all up. Yeah. And you do wonder if that's why he's emperor. Yes. Because he did that. Yeah. There was that oh, little undertone that was yeah. never stated. Yeah. But that's what I mean about the times, because they were going on about it being thousands of years ago, and unless he was incredibly mm. long-lived, it couldn't have been him, because that's what I thought to start with. Thus, mm. he's a time lord, I think. <laughs> no, fucking all shit. There's only one time... No. Uh, oh, shut okay. up. There's I'm time lord. There was I'm only gonna... one until there wasn't. They brought yeah. back the master. And then they put them all away again. They put they're them all not, away back in a pop they're, universe. They're, they're, they're no, no, but other time lords flying around. We just don't know about them. But they brought back the master. He wasn't oh, in I'm, the pocket universe. He yeah. had been there all that time. So exactly. the doctor knows fuck all if there's any other time. Oh, exactly. yeah, come on, they did that absolutely beautifully. Oh, they did a whole so fucking two-part episode which kicked motherfucking ass to say that those watches were there. And if they do shit like that, I'll let them get away with it. So what? You know, the Ronnie could be out there. Yeah. I mean, the universe is a pretty big place, Butters. My money's on Romana. Yeah. Yeah! Romana! Oh, Romana back. She's in a different dimension. She Yes. Back yes. Yep. She's in another universe. Well, another space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. One of those yeah. things that you're never supposed to be able to come back oh. from until you can. Yeah. I mean, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Rose burn does it every shit. five seconds. She was going to build a TARDIS to burn back through. Yes. So huh? fingers crossed. You never know. I would fucking love that if we got her as a companion again. I would just. I, oh, I figure the inside of her TARDIS is all pink. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, she's totally a pink bedroom motherfucker, isn't she? That's how she... My little Peach version was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, she absolutely would be. I know we don't normally talk about stuff that isn't canon, but they did a sort of Louise Brooks version of it. <gasps> oh, my God. How far up my fucking street is that? <laughs> <laughs> so for a quote, I'm going to go for Impossible Girl, a mystery wrapped in an enigma, squeezed into a skirt that's just a little bit too tight. What are you? <laughs> I could see that as a Moffat line. Yeah, apart from the small facts, no. bit short, not too tight. Right, yeah. Yeah, but it's his way of saying, you know, I don't get you because his thing has been that he doesn't get the sexuality thing like the old Doctor did. In fact, if anything, he finds it like a bit, oh, you're not even my species. Yeah. It just summed it up. I don't get you. I don't understand your sexuality and why you're here and what the fuck you are and why you keep turning up throughout my life. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. What are you? Yeah. So you can find us on Google+. Plus. Terry takes care of most of the Google Plus stuff. Feel free to contact her directly through Google Plus. I take care of most of the Facebook stuff. And the Twitter stuff is just a general mishmash of all sorts of stuff pointing in all directions. <laughs> we don't use the blog much these days, but we are chatting on all the social media gubbins because we're well, whores. We post the podcast on the blog at least. We did. Once we in did. a while, I get a bug up my ass and I make a post. You get a bug up your ass. Who knew? Yeah. Right. Better than between you your do. boobies. And occasionally, <laughs> Fuchsia writes something actually quite good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is a real departure from everything else that looks really strange. And really? then send all along and write an opinion piece, which is really quite erudite, and people go nuts over it. And we're just <laughs> slaving away over social media channels, trying to find pictures every day and get fuck all thanks for it. But that's okay. We're here for you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Hillers podcast. I hope you are too. Goodbye. Ta ta. Later. Adios. You've been listening to the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh, yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. 
later. Why? I'm American. Fuck off. Later, dude. I'm a child of the 80s.